Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Keep practicing, buddy. You'll make a singer. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I appreciate uh, the song leading. Uh, Amen. I think that Brother Louie does a wonderful job assisting Brother Harry. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that, isn't that what uh, Brother Homer calls you? Brother Harry's assistant. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, the Lord is good, isn't he? My, I had such a nice time last evening. Amen. Just a wonderful pull. Amen. And just looking what the Lord, amen, has for us today. It's a wonderful time to be a believer. Like today, friends, your future is bright. Amen. Hallelujah. We are lovers of the word. And that's, that makes all the difference. That's what God is looking for. You know, if you needed to be perfect, if you were perfect, he wouldn't have needed to be perfect. So what, uh, you know, when they asked Jesus, how can we do the works of God? He said, here's the works of God. Believe on him whom God hath sent. Amen. Paul said, you know, that uh, the, the reward that he was speaking of for himself, he said, it's to everybody who loves his appearing. And when he says, all those who love his appearing, my flag goes up. <laughs> Amen. Lover, right here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's, it's uh, an amazing world that we live in. And, you know, we, they, they sing of Jesus. And, and uh, you know, everybody, everybody loves Jesus. And, you know, there's just always that. I, I, I never can resist when somebody... You know, you're trying to, to witness the, the, the word of God of the hour to them. And, you know, and they just, they're, they're out is, oh, you know, I, do, I just love Jesus. I, you know, I just, I just love Jesus. I don't know about all that. You know, I just love Jesus. And I say, well, I mean, that's wonderful. Uh, you know, but which one is it that you love? You know, say, well, you know, I mean, there's only one, you know, Jesus Christ. And I said, well, but Paul spoke of another Jesus that people would worship. That wasn't the original one. He spoke of another one that would be a man-made concoction. Man, it would be organized and be denominational and it would be spiritual adultery. You know, so you, you know, they, they, they sing of his praises. I, I, I was looking this morning, you know, at uh, how that, you know, the promise there uh, that we quote so often from Isaiah 9. But a lot of times they don't read just right above that promise and the whole purpose of him coming, because he had said to the, to the nation, you know, that they should look to God's instructions and teachings and that people who contradict his word are completely in the dark. Amen. See, completely in the dark. They, they go from place to place, weary and hungry, and because they're hungry, they rage, they curse the king, they curse God, they look up to heaven, they look down to earth, but wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and dark despair. They will be thrown into outer darkness. That's just preceding the promise of a Messiah. But thankfully, he says, nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair won't go on forever. And that wonderful friends, 
Amen. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Oh, for those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You'll enlarge the nation of Israel and people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at harvest. I think that we're at a harvest time. Everything has been about getting here. You get that, don't you? Everything, Brother Branham said, all the lives and all the Bible is all just one goal. Everything, the entire Bible and all the lives that you read, it's all one goal to get us to this moment. You're in the accomplishing, you're in the harvest time. Amen. I'm so glad for that. It's a time where, where harvest uh, it is a time where, you know, he says, uh, for a child is born, a son is given, the government's on his shoulders. He'll be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. I mean, the harvest time is the time when, when, when everything is made worth it. That's when Boaz was happy. That's when Naomi said, now make sure you go at the end of harvest. He'll be really happy. He'll be in a good mood. After he's had a good meal and he's drank and he's merry, go lay at his feet and uncover him. Hallelujah. Oh, this is the time Boaz is happy. This is the harvest time. If you're ever going to approach him, now's the time. Oh, my, my. I was saying to the ministers yesterday at the ministers meeting, you know, Jesus said to his disciples, you know, that don't, don't say, you know, there's yet four months and then cometh the harvest. He said, I'm telling you, the harvest is right now. Look to the fields. The harvest is, is, is white. It's ready. You know, the, what, what the disciples needed to understand was it, you know, it, it, it was time for them to stop chasing after all of the, and worrying about all of their needs and look to the harvest. This isn't a time to get pulled off or distracted. This is a time to look to the harvest. So I'm here for such an hour as this. What an hour it is indeed. Amen. We have the harvest is, is happening now. We're not looking for another revival. Former and latter rain has poured itself out. And the next revival is to Israel bringing on Moses and Elijah. I believe the revival of the bride is on right now. It's happening and you're it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You can see how that God has always, you know, worked uh, in, in perfect continuity. His word just flows. Even, you know, the, the trumpets and seals running in perfect continuity and running concurrently. Uh, oh, my friends, you, you realize the hour. You realize this is not an accident how we got here. It's not an accident. Nothing's happening in the bride of Christ. Nothing's happening in the world is an accident. Everything's been driven by prophecy. And I, you, you're not always going to be able to explain your life, but neither can you explain prophecy. Just say, I'm it and I'm happy and he's it and I'm in. That's all I know. I'm a believer. I'm not pot. I don't really know how I got here, but I'm here. Amen. And all I know is I'm going through. Hallelujah. He's been in control of it since, since time, since the Garden of Eden. He's been in perfect control of it. My friends, you know, that's a power. That's a strength that you need to understand that your life is purpose driven. And God has a purpose and a plan for everything. And he's not so busy working in another area of the world that he doesn't see what's happening here. 
You know, when, 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 when the Azusa fathers are, are catching their revival, the winds of war for the three woes are already stirring in Europe. And a prophet's coming on the scene and born and beginning to grow as a child. And then, and then here comes World War I. Here comes the woes. And then you got, a, you got a, 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 an angel descending down. you got angels standing on the winds of war, winds of the earth. And here's one coming with the seal of the living God. Says, hold on, we got people, we got a seal. You can't just end this thing now. This thing's got to play out. There's got to be people. There's going to be a place called Happy Valley. And there's going to be saints. Hallelujah. We got to get a prophet. We got to get his seals open. Oh, my. And, 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 and while he's over there and he's controlling to get the Jews home for the trumpets. And he's over here, you know, dealing with Europe and these kings. And I, I preached at home and I said, it didn't matter what the king of England wanted or the Tsar of Russia wanted or the Kaiser of Germany wanted. It didn't matter. It was all prophecy. God was in control of it all. And while he's over there and they're over there with their big plans and God's just treating them like puppets. And at the same time that God is doing that, moving, to, moving for the Jews to get them back to their homeland. He's in a tree speaking to a small boy saying, don't ever drink or smoke or defile your body in any way. Because I got a work for you to do when you get older. Mm. Oh, and here we are. That's what this is about. My. I should read my text. Amen. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. You know, I just, I just wanted to encourage you. Nothing's out of control. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's in perfect, synchronous harmony. It's, it's, it's the, the, the symphony is in perfect sympathy with the composer. Amen. And he's watching. And he's the only one we care about. I don't care what the world thinks. I only care what the composer thinks. Did I play my piece correct? Does my life have that right sound? The right pitch? Am I in the beat, in the harmony? Am I in is my mind? Am I in one mind and one accord with you, Lord? See, you don't have to worry. It's backwards. It's the cart ahead of the horse to try to get in one mind and one accord with each other. Get every, if everybody will get in one mind and one accord with him, you'll be in one mind and one accord with each other. So don't chase it in reverse. Oh my, so much. John chapter 4, verse 40. This is of course where the, the Samaritan woman she ran to tell them, come see a man who's told me everything that I've done. Is not this the Messiah? And, they, and then they come themselves and they hear verse 40 picks up. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And said unto the woman, now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this indeed is the Christ, that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Amen. I mean, you should appreciate a pastor who sees it, but you need to see it. 
You appreciate parents who see it, but you need to see it, teenager. You need to see it. Amen. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 1. Just back up a few pages to John 1 and 1. I'm sure any of us could read it with our eyes closed. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. Let's pray. Master, we thank you this morning for your love and your consideration of us. I thank you for thinking of me. I thank you for this word. I thank you for these people. I thank you for this time that we can, as eagles, rally around the fresh kill of the word. Lord, it is a a sign of, of... of eagle nature that we have to have the fresh kill. We can't eat on old, dead, rotted carrion, Lord. We have to have the fresh manna from on high. And Lord, you, you were so clear in the Gospels when they, they thought they had every type of, uh, of ritualistic thing in place and they thought they had every I dotted and every T crossed and they, they had their historical uh, significance that they could tout and our fathers ate manna in the wilderness and Jesus, you tried to tell them, look, I am that bread that came down. You're missing it. You're, 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 you're majoring on a historical event. I'm actually, that was only testifying of me. They, they drank water from a rock. You were that rock. Lord, here, here we are today. This isn't some man-made theory. This is you, Christ the Word. And, and you, 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 you have expressed yourself and you've revealed yourself and we see it. Blessed are our eyes for they see and our ears for they hear. Many have desired and haven't seen it, but we see it, Lord. We've come to a, a fantastic hour in prophecy and we want to have ourselves positioned perfectly, Lord. So we commit ourselves to you with all of our heart and all of our mind, all of our soul right now. Lord, take every spirit under your control for your glory, for the, for the advancement of your kingdom. Lord, we commit it to you. It's yours now. I'm just your servant. I'm just your assistant. That's all I am. They sang a song. I, I opened a door and followed you out here. Now that's all I know. So Lord, I'm just standing here to assist you these are your people. This is your word. This is your doing. Lord, all glory to you now. Amen. We'd have nothing whatever to say if it weren't for you. So we commit it to you in Jesus' name. Do that thing which you do so well. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you as you're seated. Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this indeed is Christ, the Savior of the world. You know, it it was such a a beautiful thing, John 1 and 1, and it, 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 it really unlocks the real single motive and objective, and as Brother Branham called it, in Christ is the mystery, the one goal that God has. Because right away, you can, you can see it here, his, his continual unfolding, his continual expression. Now, you, you can see him prophesy of it in Genesis, when he says, 
in Genesis chapter 1 to his son, who was a product of his created word, creative word, and his son's bride, who, came, who was an expression of him, came out from him. God didn't materialize her standing beside her. She wasn't, that's why Brother Branham would say she wasn't in the original creation. She was, she was an expression of the original creation. This is, this is actually the most perfect way to do it because the, 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 when God expresses, that ensures the, the quality of something being eternal. So the earth, you understand, can never be annihilated because it's an eternal attribute. So it's an expression of God. There was a time when the earth was not formed like, like you have now, but yet it was within God. And so when he expresses it, and it has a, a, a starting date, but yet it's eternal. It always was. Jesus had a time where he became a human. He wasn't always a human. He becomes a human, but that didn't mean that was the beginning of him. Because Jesus created the world. The Bible says he did. All things were made by him. And, and, and he says, Paul even continues that thinking. That, 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 that everything was made by Jesus Christ. And so, so he, he, I mean, if he did, there are things that he makes that are not eternal. They're not a part of his expression. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. See? It hath, it hath enlarged itself because humans were, it wasn't built for humans and now it's, it's an overcrowded prison. Because humans weren't ever supposed to go there so it's built for the devil and his angels and they, now it's overcrowded. It's had to enlarge itself to take in humanity. And, 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 and we, so we, we realize then that hell will be done away with. You understand, it's created for a temporary season and a purpose. It'll be done away with. Death, hell, and the grave will be cast into the lake of fire. See, Satan will be annihilated. The God who put him together will take him apart. Thank God. See, Brother Branham says you can't annihilate anything. You can take a piece of paper and burn it. You say, oh, I annihilated it now. No, you didn't. All you did was turn it back into its original gases and elements uh, on the periodic table. And if, if, if time would go on, you know, those elements could go into it, become a tree, and be manufactured out into paper again. But, but you know, when, when, so when God decided to have a bride, when, and, and it was, that was, decision was eternal. That's what he was always going to do. But when he does that, he doesn't just speak her out here and create her, because then she'd have a start date and an expiration date. You understand? And eventually she'd, she'd have to pass away. So what he does is he expresses her. She comes from within him. So she's just as eternal as he is. So, so here, this is... The, this, and he's, he, so he's forecasting that. John 1, 1 explains Genesis 1, 27 and 28. When he says to his son... And his expressed wife, be fruitful and multiply. That was, that was God's plan. Multiplication. Expression. And, and, and that's the hidden. That's why the hidden manna is the eternal unfolding. Because you have the unsearchable riches of Christ. You have the kingdom of Christ. Of which the Bible says, of the increase of that kingdom, there shall be no end. I'm here to tell you something, friends. We're headed somewhere. We're headed somewhere. You're headed to something like you've never imagined. Oh my. You know, it's why we were, 
We were preaching last night. You know, really the theme of last night could be in a nutshell. Uh, and I was just uh, talking with a minister this morning who was streaming it. And I said, you know, years ago, I said, I found myself in deep prayer and pleading with the Lord. You know, Lord, I just, I don't do enough for you. I want to do more. I want to do more. Help me to do more. Show me what to do. And the Lord just spoke to me so clear, Brother Donnie. And he said, I, I don't need you to do more. I need you to be more. <laughs> I need you to be more. I'll do the do and you do the being. See, if you'll do the being, then I can do more doing through you. And that was really what it was about last night. I want to be more. Jacob was so done with being Jacob. Hallelujah. I'm hoping last night there were some Jacobs in here along with me who said, I don't want to be Jacob anymore. Hallelujah. So, so he's, he's expressing himself. This was, this was what, you know, why, why, you know, when he sets an open door in Philadelphia. Because now he's going to begin to reveal back the name, which had been hidden. You, don't, you find that leaving in the early ages, and it doesn't mention it again until Philadelphia, where he sets an open door and restores the name. And so immediately you begin, they come up with Jesus only. They understand a baptism in Acts 2.38 and they start going forward. They don't have all the mystery. That ended up turning into oneness. And then they just butted heads for decades uh, over oneness versus Trinity until a prophet stood between them and said, uh, fellas, both y'all are actually wrong. See, because in, in, the, in the Trinitarian formula, they chop God into three individual persons which is Babylonian polytheism. But the oneness weren't any better. They, they only saw Jesus only. They, 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 they didn't, they didn't in, in, their, in their formula, it didn't include his body. It took the seventh seal to reveal her. It took the opening of the seals to say she is him. That she's an expression of him. That she's a gene of God. That she had no beginning of days. And she has no ending of life. She came from God. She's going back to God. She's a part of God. See? That's what he was prophesying in Genesis 1. Jesus prayed for it in the middle of the Bible in St. John 17. He's praying for that in his prayer. That they be one as we are one. And then he accomplishes it in the book of Revelation. And John saw her. Hallelujah. Oh, I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Hallelujah. And he saw a perfect city coming down. Oh, Mount Zion. <coughs> so so we, we rejoice in these things. It was John 1, 1 then. That really explains me to me. It shows me how that, and it's why, in fact, that I realize, I'm able to realize that I'm cut from a different piece of goods. That I didn't start here, and I'm sure not finishing here. In fact, is John 1, 1, this is how I got to the harvest moment that I'm in. It's how we arrive because of John 1 1. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm in a harvest movement, friends, and I'm not living here as if I'm staying here. I'm living as if I'm leaving. Amen. There's no need to take any of this stuff with me. I'm not a pack rat, I'm an unpacker. 
going to a place where I'm getting all new stuff. <laughs> I'm getting all new things. Hallelujah. Things that don't rust and things that don't corrode and things that don't perish. Hallelujah. A life that doesn't grow old. A body that never gets sick. A mind that never gets discouraged. A heart that never gets led astray. Hallelujah. John 1 and 1 explains why others can't see what I see so clearly. John 1 and 1 explains why I want to see it. And when I see it, I want to be it. John 1 and 1 explains why my desires are for truth. Not, and not another's truth. I, it's, John 1 and 1 explains why I have this appetite for original truth. Genuine truth. Beginning truth. John 1 and 1 explains why I desire a clean mind, a pure heart. A daily dose of, dare I say it, old-fashioned godliness. Day to day. I want, a, I want that righteousness day to day, every day to the eternal day. You have to realize, friends, and this is an important point, and I say this unabashedly and, and without any ambiguity, I say it unashamedly, our version of Christ is the only version. And that's provable in the Bible and demonstrable in the supernatural. This message that we have, I say without hesitation, is another Ephesians that was promised at the end time. It gives us the full ability to preach Christ fully. See, he... he he, this is the unveiling of God. And as he began to be the unveiled God, we found out he was the mighty God unveiled. He wasn't just a, an unveiling of a God. The world's full of things they worship. But this is the mighty God unveiled. You see, if it wasn't for that, and I, you know, if, if, if people who hold the message in derision and and the believers in derision, they don't realize that you're the very reason they're already not atomic toast. <laughs> oh my. Mankind done built himself a, a thermonuclear oven. I don't plan to be here when he test fires it. Because <laughs> it'll work. Amen. They hold the message that we cherish in derision, but... If it wasn't for this message, if it wasn't for this promised restoration that Jesus said was coming. When they asked him concerning Elijah, he said, Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. And if that, didn't ha if that had to happen, otherwise that his, his riches are unsearchable. They try to go to seminaries and search out his riches. But the Bible tells us that the depths of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Ephesians 3 tells us unto me who am less than the least of all saints that this grace given is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. 
The only one who can un un unlock him is him. He broke the seals off of himself. One place Brother Branham said he broke the seals out of himself. Christ is the mystery of God revealed. And John 1 and 1 shows us that Christ is his word. And so he sends us his word. He sends us Christ. So you can't reject the word and accept Christ. That is impossible. As I was ex expressing to the ministers yesterday, it's not to merely preach a single, uh, this harvest time, this message, this unfolding. It's not merely to preach a single defining doctrine as Luther did or applied Christianity like Wesley did or the quickening and operations and instructions on gifts as the Azusa revivalist. With this message, with this message, we literally recapture the original full essence of the wisdom, the riches, the grace of Almighty God. We're able, once again, to do what the ages couldn't do after they fell away. We've been restored to the ability to follow Paul's instructions to preach Christ. The ages could only preach about him. And God moved, and, and, and God saved people, and God redeemed his family, and God sent messengers. And everybody went in who went in, went in under their messenger. And there's a provision for that. God rich in mercy. It's interceding on behalf of the ignorance. But, but, but God, God was never intending to leave, leave us in ignorance. God was intending to restore us. Take us back to a, an Ephesians again. Amen. So we're not just merely you know, preaching about him. We're able to preach his unsearchable riches uh, that all the seminaries in the world can't teach you. I love calling it a vintage version of Christ. Amen. I love vintage things. An authentic version. An original version is what we possess. I can tell you it's the only version that will bring eagles out of world systems. Call that eagle back to his original position in the word. You believe that? That's why Brother Branham called it a setting of prophecy. That's what happened in, 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 in the Coronado Forest. That's what happened. They can, they can, no wonder Satan wants to, to, to sling, you know, nasty things about what happened in the Arizona desert. No wonder he wants to uh, muddy the water and say it was this and say it was that. I don't, I don't care what it was. Whatever it was, it found me. It called to me. Hallelujah. And he said it was a setting of history, a setting of prophecy, rather. Why? Because what had been prophecy is now history. That word is now made flesh. The prophecy was a bride coming who would be Mrs. Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, you are a modern event made clear. Hallelujah. The word now manifested in the body of Christ, behind skin, a fullness, and a, and a many-membered bride. That's what Brother Branham said. Christ was the fullness of the Godhead in, in a single body. This is, again, the fullness of the Godhead now in a many-membered body. Amen. So, so I, 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 just, I just say, listen, 
there's still an attraction on the mountain. Just like in the days of Moses, just at Sinai, just like Jesus at Mount Transfiguration, this final showdown is a Mount Zion. And you know what? We're not talking about a geographical mountain and we're not talking just symbolism. We're talking when John was shown the wife, he was shown the city coming down on a mountain. I'm here to tell you something, friends. Mount Zion becomes the flesh of the word of this day. Hallelujah. It's a showdown. It's a Mount Zion showdown. Amen. So, so you know, the, the, the effects of sin then. Let me just, let me just, let me just pause before I, I move on further. And I'm just taking this a segment at a time. But, you know, as we were speaking last night, that's why it's so devastating to, to allow, you know, your, your unredeemed and unredeemable flesh has to be changed at the molecular level. See? And, 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 and that's why it's, it's a terrible thing to let that be ruling you when God gave you the Holy Ghost to have it the other way around. And we have to strengthen the Holy Ghost. He feeds on the Word of God. That's why coming to church is so important. Fellowship is so important. Prayer is so important. Bible reading, message hearing, preaching. All of these things. These are the things that strengthen us. Because the effects of, your, of sin on your life are horrible. They, they, they destroy the very foundation upon which Mount Zion is to rest. So everything that God has for you, you don't end up becoming that. It doesn't throw you out of the kingdom if you're a gene of God. The, your earthly position can never undo your heavenly, your earthly condition can never undo your heavenly position. But it's not about that. It's about victory. It's about daily victory. I want victory. I'm glad that I come from God, but I want victory here. Amen. You believe all of that? There's a, you know, I don't even know if I told you my title today. My title today is Desire for Truth. And that, that is, that should be, and I believe is in every believer, an all-consuming passion. You know, revealed truth. In other words, I, you, you can have an opinion of what you think is the truth, but let me see what kind of crop it grows. Because I know that a bride tree produces a certain thing. And I know that if it's producing a different fruit, that's not a bride tree. You understand? And so, you know, there, 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 there's many elements in the world that we could look at. Um, you know, there's a saying, I think Ravi Zacharias is famous for this saying, Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. And, th and that's a true statement. I think we could witness that here today. That that is a true statement. But you know something? I know it's true, but I don't want it to be true about me. There's lots of things that are true, but I don't want it to be true about me. It's true that there's going to be a tribulation period, but I don't want that to be true about me. 
It's true that there are people who are going to miss it, but I'm not looking for that to be what? I, I, I don't have anybody that I want to miss it. I'm trying to get everybody I can. But I know for sure that's not my on my agenda. It's not on my calendar. A tribulation period is not a calendar event for me. Hallelujah. I don't plan to be there. I know it's going to happen. I know it can't be stopped. I know the world thinks that if they could just win the world for Jesus, we'd prevent it. You're not going to prevent it. If, if everybody just believed the gospel, the gospel didn't come to save the world. Jesus already prophesied the world is changing. It's coming to a, a climax. It's going to go into a fiery destruction. He's promised he's going to make a new heavens and a new earth. Hallelujah. The gospel didn't come to save the world or prevent that. The gospel came to save people out of the world from being destroyed in the world. You know, people live so... Like as if they have all the time in the world and uh, modern events that we see happening in the political arena, the religious arena, the social fabric of not just this nation but the entire world, the perversions that are almost inexplicable and would not have even been imaginable only a decade ago. Come on friends, don't have your head in the sand. This world is upside down. It's inside out. It's all backwards and twisted and perverted. And the thinking is wrong. But, it's, but, but actually everything is, that prophecy said would be is. So, so understand, you know, it's, 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 I, I tell my church at home, it's like a, 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 you know, the fire department comes, they get a call to a house, and when they get there, the house is engulfed. There's no way to save it. It's engulfed, and now they're just going to have to try to keep it under control, not let it spread. Somebody says, hey, there, the old lady is inside the house. And the fire chief goes running in, and he's smoke and flames, and here she is sitting in her rocking chair. She was born there. She was raised there. She got married there. She had children there. She had a career there. She did everything there. And she ain't leaving there. And the fireman is getting in her face. Lady, you can't stay here. The house is burning down. You can't stay here. I want to say to you young people, don't chase the world. It's burning down. You can't stay here. Hallelujah. It's on fire. It's engulfed. They're not going to save it. It doesn't matter what social programs and spend billions. Go ahead. You're not going to save it. Hallelujah. Oh, my. There's many truths. You know, there, there's people who, who, who they, they look at the truth of Romans 7. Speaking of how that if a, if a woman having a living husband be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. And, 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 and there's people who just violently don't want that to be true. I, I want what I want, and I know what the Word says, but I want what I want. And though it's true, they don't want it to be true. People fight desperately that the word is not true. It's incredible that people, that's why Brother Branham said, people that go to hell, he said, you'll fight to get there. Because God sets barricades and obstacles and you kick them out of the way and step over them and step around them. 
if you go if you go around those you know if you go around those things and 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 they have those there for a purpose to keep you from falling in a hole or falling off a cliff or or getting hit by a truck or whatever that's why that's why these things are there for and people literally want what they want so bad that that they will literally just close their eyes to truth you can't make it go away they can hate on this message all they want. They can't make it go away. They can hate on William Branham all they want. They can't do away with what God did. It's already done. It's already set. It can't be undone. Thank God. Thank God. You know... But, but even, even, even if we talk about Romans 7, isn't it a beautiful thing? That even God, so, who's the only one who can do it, God so rich in mercy, if he finds one of his children in that condition, even though his word says, you're an adulteress, and yet if he finds a child and saves her in that condition, says to her, stay as you are. Just remain as you are. Don't ever do that again. Teach your children, don't ever do that again. But don't worry, I'm going to have mercy on you. You're a direct contradiction to my word, but I love you, you're mine, and I'm going to save you. That's the kind of God we serve. Who's not going to lose even one of his children. Hallelujah. But, 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 but more, more problematic, more threatening, more ominous as Paul, because people miss Paul's, you know, really they miss his main point. You know, that, that he, his whole point is now the real thing is that you're trying to be married to Christ. But you can't be married to Christ and married to a man-made system. So that system has to die. You can't be married to an old nature. That nature has to die. You can't come into heaven. You've got to be born again. You can't just turn over a new leaf. You can't just follow a book of rules and ethics or legalism. You've got to be changed. You've got to go from Jacob to Israel. And then if you try to be married to Christ, not born again, then that's, that's a worse kind of adultery. That's spiritual adultery. If you try to stay in a man-made system and you're trying to be married to the word, that's the worst of all kind. That's spiritual adultery. Brother Branham says in the second coming of the Lord that that is husband and wife, which is a type of Christ in his church. And when you go to your church and you may have the best pews in the city, you may have the highest steeple there is in the city. You may have the best pipe organ. You may dress the best. You may sing like a mockingbird. But all of that, if you're kissing and flirting with the world, that kiss on the cheeks of Christ is a Judasterian kiss. He doesn't want nothing to do with you. He looks upon your wedding engagement ring and he finds the tablet moved. He finds love has gone. It's a form. He finds loyalty is gone. You've committed fornications with the world. You go to dances and boogie-woogie parties and watch old dirty television programs. You are committing adultery on him as calling him your husband. 
The Bible said so. You say, I'm rich, I have need of nothing. But he said, you don't know that you are naked, miserable, poor, blind, and don't know it. It's time we lit a candle and swept the house. The coming of the Lord is at hand. How many will agree? It's time we lit a candle and swept the house. The coming of the Lord is at hand. It's at Romans 7 is absolutely true, but many millions, I'm not talking about natural uh, a marriage and divorce, I'm talking about spiritual adultery. It's true, but millions don't want it to be true. And they're, they're missing Paul's main point. They're, you know, just like when Paul comes to the Corinthian church, I was speaking to uh, my physio trainer the other day, and I was witnessing to him, and I said, Alvin, I said, what do you, because he's a, he's a uh, not charismatic, I think evangelical Christian. And I said, I said, Alvin, what, what do you think is the, the greatest existential, existential threat to humanity today, to the whole world? And he thought about that. He said, wow, that's a big question, preacher. And I said, well, think about it. And, uh, and he, you know, he's, as you would imagine, he started naming, you know, well, there's terrorism. And, you know, and, and you know, there's. There's, you know, there's corruption in politics, and he don't know inside. I'm going, eh, eh. <laughs> you know, there's, there's disease and fat. Mm. That's not the existential threat to humanity. The greatest threat to humanity is spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery, because he he cast her into death. And he burns her with fire. Amen. And it's a mother whore with harlot daughters. Amen. And that's Paul's point there in to, speaking to the Corinthian church. It's not about the history of Genesis. That's fine to know the history. And it's important. We understand the serpent seed. That, that just simply explains the, the, you know, the, 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 the ways and means of how the devil managed to inject his nature into the human race. But, but that's really, that's really, the history's not the main thing. What Paul is bringing forward is to say, actually the real threat is, I fear, lest as Eve naturally got beguiled, you in your minds, in the simplicity of your minds. And you end up becoming a spiritual adulteress on Christ. And that's true in the world today. It was prophesied to be true and it was going to be here. It was always going to be here. It was always going to be at its zenith and it is at its zenith and it is true, but I don't want it to be true about me. And it doesn't have to be. I see the light and I come to the light and I come up out of spiritual adultery. It's such a threat. Spiritual adultery, that's, the, that's the, the biggest threat mankind faces. There's lots of principles in the Word of God that we could look at and they have ominous overtones and, and, and you, you look at it and you go, oh boy, I don't even, I don't even boy, that's going to be terrible. I feel sorry for all those people who are going to be involved in that. You know it's true, but you don't plan to be a part of it. Amen? I hope that today, you, you sit here today and you, you don't see this service or any service as just, well, there's a church that sits on a hill, Pastor Donnie Reagan, and that's where we go and we meet at this certain time and we sing and then we take up an offering and we sing a few more songs, we have a couple specials and then the preacher comes out and preaches and then we go to the steakhouse and then we go home and back to Monday work. 
You know, that you understand that's that's just if that's all it is, that's a form of godliness. That's nothing to do with the power. I mean, come on, friends, this is a reality. This thing here has a reason behind it. You you come here to receive something. Don't don't let it just be some casual happenstance. This is just a thing we do. There's all kinds of things we do. We go shopping, we work a job, we pay bills. This is millenniums above that. Hallelujah. This is the most important time that you will ever spend. Is under the under the fountain of the word of God. A world so twisted, so upside down. And 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 angry at you. I'm going to tell you something friends. Uh, if you're going to, you, you brothers who are going to be a Bible man, you are an offense to the world. To be a Bible husband or a Bible father is offensive. And in many places illegal. To be, a, to be a Bible lady, to be a Bible woman, sisters, you offend the mindset of Laodicea. Hallelujah. But you got to take a stand. you got to make a difference. And you got to put your foot down and say, I'm sorry if it offends you, but this is what I believe and this is my whole life. Many, many don't want this to be true. There's lots of things in here they don't want to be true, but they are true. And you can't make them not true. I tell you something. I tell you something that I that I know is true. And the Bible talks about how that those who overcome are going to sit with him in his throne. I not only know that's true, but I want it to be true about me. I want that to be true about my family. I know that's coming as sure as anything. Nothing can stop it. Someday, oh, some glorious morning, some golden daybreak. Oh, my precious friends, all for Jesus, all for Jesus. What, a, what an hour that we're facing. And the dead in Christ shall rise. And we which are alive and remain shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to be caught up to meet him. Oh, hallelujah. I know that's true and I want it to be true. And I want to be a part of it. Hallelujah. I want it to be true about me. I want it to be true about you. He is his word and many don't want that to be true because they don't want to be the word. It's inconvenient that he's his word. So they're always trying to strip them apart, always trying to separate them so that they can have a historical faith in a historical figure and disregard who he is today. We have such signs. How long have I been going? I'm not going to keep you on. We have such signs and things that are happening in the world today. They're all perfectly in line with prophecy of everything that we knew was coming. Jesus says here, let me, at least I want to hit this before we close for today. Jesus tells us in, in Luke 21.9. Can we get that on the board, guys? Sorry, I didn't uh, give you a heads up on that. You get that for me. Uh, Luke 21.9. This is the uh, harmony of Matthew 24, which we normally read from. But we're reading the harmony uh, through the Gospels. And so this is, it's, it's over in Luke 21. Now watch how it words it. But when ye shall hear 
of wars and commotions. Be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. See? So, you know, when we read it from, from Matthew 24, it's wars and rumors of wars. But Luke, Luke, here's something, you know, uh, I, I guess either Luke or Matthew must have been lying according to today's standards. Somebody must have been telling a lie. Somebody, one of those two guys must have been false because they're not seem to be saying the same thing, you know. <laughs> let me not go, let me not get stuck. <laughs> Things that are too dumb, I have no patience for it. So, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> amen, 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 amen. Let's keep moving. Uh, amen. Uh, when, but you shall hear of wars and commotions. And it's interesting because when you pull from the Greek and the Aramaic both, take this, this word that Luke is using, and, and it, means, it means very close to what you would think it would mean. It means a commotion or it means a tumult. It means something that's unstable. It's, it's even, it even uh, has references to, you know, people that Paul makes reference to had an uncertainty of residence. And this is, this is commotion. There's, there's a commotion about it. It's an uncertainty. And this is a, this is a tumultuous time. It, it is synonymous with other Greek words which mean confusion and noise and disturbance and you know we live in an age of such noise it's so disturbing the noise and the tumult and the hustle and bustle and the you know the the, the common decency that's gone from society even vanishing from the south which we're quite proud of <laughs> amen amen <laughs> I would tell y'all the time I was up preaching to a bunch of yet bunch of northerners <laughs> and, and, and I was in Connecticut and, uh, and I was preaching for brother uh, Elijah Gibbs and I was preaching and, and it, was one of the, it wasn't the first time I'd been but and a lot of people didn't know me probably less than 10% of the crowd knew me and so I was in the pulpit and I introduced myself Jason Watkins, Pastor Buford, South Carolina boy as soon as I said South Carolina you can see the look in their face those northerners just have a you know, they're kind of looking at each other like, you know, well, I caught it. You know, I caught that. And I said, hey, I said, let me tell you something. Say what you want to about the South, but nobody retires and moves up North. <laughs> and, and it, and it, and, it, and it was a truth that they didn't want to be true, but it was true. <laughs> and I was glad it was a truth, and I was glad to be identified with it. And it had the desired effect. It made them laugh like it made you laugh, and it broke the ice, and we had a good time around the Word of God. But, but you know, we live in an age of commotion. We live in an age of confusion, of noise, of tumult, of disturbance. And it, it, you know, the Bible talks, has so many prophecies about the age that we live in. I think to give us clarity that we know, yeah, the world's falling apart, but I'm not. Amen. The world is falling apart, but the Word's not. Amen. 
the world is perverted and upside down and mankind hearts are failing for fear but mine's not my hope is in the resurrection I can't lose and I have a daily faith of that but the world is in such a disturbance and they they, they'll have a disturbance on one side and so they'll pass laws to try to fix the disturbance and when they fix that one, it creates five more disturbances. And they create a law to keep this cr criminal element out and the criminal element will figure out the law and figure out new inventive ways to be more criminal. You can't stop it. You can't legislate. Brother Ram said you can't legislate righteousness. There's no way to do it. Mankind is, is sinful and in a fallen condition. And his, his mind is enmity against the Word of God. His mind is always going to be chasing after that stuff. Aren't you glad for the freedom of the Holy Ghost? Aren't you glad for the rest of the Holy Ghost? We were saying last night, people say, Oh, if, if the Holy Ghost is rest, why do I got so many battles? Why do I got so many fighting? You know, when, when they crossed the Jordan to take Canaan's land in the Holy Ghost, they had to fight. The Jordan had to be crossed. Jericho had to be sacked. The Canaanites had to be displaced. Hallelujah. You have to labor to enter into rest. There's, it's a warfare. It's fighting till the day we go home. You say, well, then what's the, what's, why the element of rest? Because you're, you're resting and your soul is no longer at war with God. You finally can agree with the word. No matter what it says, no matter what it says, from your soul you can say, Amen. Amen. Oh, it might cost you a lot. Amen. You might be in the wrong career. Amen. It might take half your fortune. Amen. It might take all of it. Amen. It might make you lose family and friends and change associates. Amen. 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 Are you crazy? Amen. I lost my mind. I got his mind. And in spite of what the world thinks, I'm happy. They feel sorry for me. I feel sorry for them. Uncertainty, commotion, instability, confusion, noise, tumult, disturbance. Now this is what Jesus said would be at the end and everything that was to be in every age is all heaped up in our age. That's how you get a pale horse. It's a combination of the white, the red, the black. That's how you get to an eagle anointing. It's, it's the lion, it's the ox, it's the man. It's all coming down. Now, God, now Christ coming down. He's all of those things. Christ is all of those seals. He, 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 he's, he's walking in the seven lampstands throughout. It's the Holy Ghost all the way through. See? And so, so we find then that that Paul, that's on the basis of why Paul could say, in the last days, perilous times would come. It's not as if they didn't have perilous times <laughs> in Paul's day. And Paul's not being redundant. You understand, the Bible had every jot and tittle, every iota, even every punctuation is meaning. So Paul's not being redundant. You know, uh, he, he's saying in the last days, 
That yeah, you know, we have truce breakers and false accusers and those who are in con and fierce despisers, those who are good and heading, heading high-minded and lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. But Paul is warning, the Spirit is warning the age at the end time. Yeah, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Yeah, there's, you're going to hear about wars and commotions. See, but be terrified. don't be terrified. The end's not yet. But when it comes to the end, all of these things are going to be at a zenith. All of these things are going to be at an apex. You understand? And so I... And when, and when you read that, and you just look around and go, wow, man, was Paul ever accurate? Goodness. 2,000 years, that brother had some eagle eyesight. Wow. I mean, how do people deny the word when it's hitting them every time they walk out their door? What do you, you think Paul was wrong about this and right about this and right about this but wrong about that? What nonsense. Oh, as I was saying last night, friends, Paul had the revelation of Jesus Christ personally. His words, his teachings cannot be countermanded even by God. Because God gave him those words. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday day, and forever. I'm God, I change not. Paul said if he an angel, if another man, or if even me, if anybody changes this, he's cursed. At the end of it all, when God shall judge the world by Jesus Christ, He's going to judge them according to what my pen wrote. Hallelujah! He was the final voice to all the ages. And because we had a prophet who took us back to his teaching, now we're the final voice to the final age. Hallelujah! That's why we're the final voice to the final age. Under our messenger. Because he only preached what Paul preached. See? So what to do to an age that would be so sideways? What to do? What's the believer to do? What's the son and daughter of God? What's the teenager growing up in this madness to do? You know, I, I looked at that word commotion and I'm looking at all of these synonymous meanings and the root causes and the root meanings and tracing it back and forth and it's all a, just a dismal, ominous picture. And then I thought, gee, I wonder what the antonyms of this would be. What would the opposites? Amen. Because the opposite would be what would be, would be for us. Amen. This, this, is, this is what Jesus was trying to get us to rest in. And you know what the opposites are? Peace. Tranquility. Quietness. Order. Restoration. Hallelujah. I know the world is in a tumult, but I've got peace. I know they're frustrated and it's disturbance and everywhere and it's noise and noise and perversion, but I've got tranquility. I'm walking in the light as he is in the light. I'm under restoration. The whole world is upside down, but I have order. I have order in my home, order in my life, order in a church. Hallelujah. That's what the message came for. Are you happy for that today, friends? How many would say, I see that truth, and I want that truth to be true about me? Why don't you stand up all over the building and raise up those eagle wings and say, Lord God of heaven, grant me that tranquility. Bring that peace. Bring that harmony. Bring that order into my disorder. Hallelujah. Take my trial and let me have peace within the trial. 
and all the noise and nonsense of the world, I have tranquility. I hear the whispering, still, small voice of God saying, Peace, shalom, shalom, bride. Good morning, peace. Oh, all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, a glorious day that will be. Let's sing that, Brother Harry. What a day that shall be when my Jesus I shall see when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. Do you believe this is true? When he takes me by the hand and leads you through the promised land. What a day. A glorious day that shall be. You know what's happening, friends? we're, We're not unaware of the tumultuous upheaval that we see right in our own supposedly supposed to be in within our own ranks. And we see this failure here and we see this defection here and we see this attack here and ones that we loved and had such confidence in. And you know, somebody's just said to me and you know, eyes bulging, Brother Jason, what the world's going on? And I said, listen, it's the end time, man. It's probably gonna get worse before it gets better. I said, you know something, friends? I'm an eagle. I'm just going to gain some altitude. I don't care how high these storm clouds get. I'm just going to gain some altitude. I've got a law inside me. And all I've got to do is set my faith wings and it'll carry me on up. Hallelujah. Say, how, how high do we need to go? Well, as high as I need to go, I can go. One of these days, I'm going to be like Enoch and high get so high, let's go right off into glory. You know what's happening, friends? I'm going to tell you what's happening. God is purging the bloodstream of His bride. I'm going to tell you something. When this bride ascends to meet Him in the air, she's going to be a product of the pure virgin Word of God. She's going to be a virgin of the Word. And I just say, Lord, purify in me. Take out every contaminant that would hold my, keep me at a low altitude. I'm an eagle. I'm meant to soar. Oh, my friends, what, what would we do if it wasn't for Jesus? What would we do if it wasn't for this message? What a day, Brother Harry. Let's sing it all together. Oh, let's rejoice now. Come on. We've had, you've had a seven-course meal. Let's rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. Sing it, buddy. There is coming a day. Do you believe it? When no heartache shall come, come on, louder. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. Love is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. 
about somebody. Is it going to be you? It's written about somebody. Is it going to be you? We've got to find what part of the word we're going to be identified with. Somebody's going to hell. I preach against folks smoking cigarettes. I don't feel one bit of condemnation because I don't smoke them. Praise the Lord. You preach against the things of the world. You folk, well, hallelujah, amen, brother Donnie. I don't believe in that. You know why you can say amen to it if you're not a hypocrite? Because it don't apply to you. Well, if we're talking about the bride, you ought to squall out. Amen. Hallelujah. What key are you in, brothers? F. Now, if we're part of the symphony, the symphony is actually written by men, most of the time men, and they hear all this music and all this stuff going on in their head, and depending on how they hear the rhythm and all, they may hear an oboe, they may hear a cello, they may hear a violin, they may hear all these different things, and they go to writing and the half notes and the quarter notes, and they go to putting all this down, and oh my, they're just sitting there in it, and ain't nobody around them, but just them, but they're just... But if somebody else picks that up and they get a banjo and a mandolin and an accordion and they're going to play Ludwig van Beethoven. And that might work in Bristol, Tennessee. But it won't work in a concert hall. We want our lives to be in harmony with the orchestra of God and with the sheet music of this day. So don't think you're going to try to take me back to the four Gospels. You see, this, folks, what they're doing right now is the same thing they've done for centuries. But it's more emphasized. They want to go back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John which projects this person of the Lord Jesus. But when it comes to Acts and the Pauline Gospels, when it comes to the strict living and the, you know, the doctrine and the declaration of the sacrifices and the deity of God and all that, and oh, no, 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 I, I, I want the, the, the Jesus of Matthew. The Jesus of Matthew is wonderful, but it's not the fullness of God. The Jesus of Mark is wonderful. The Jesus of Luke. And the Jesus of John. Oh, I love the Jesus of John. I love the Jesus of John. But myself, I also need the Jesus of Acts. And I need the Jesus of Romans and Philippians and Galatians and Colossians and Philemon and, and Timothy and so on. And you see, this is what folks that are leaving the message, oh, well, I just want Jesus. As our brother said, which one? Amen. The real Jesus has been declared to us. It's frightening, I know, to some. You know, you imagine Brother Branham in Topeka, Kansas, 1964, and he comes to the end of the service, he's preaching now, and he's going to pray, and, and the Lord's fixing to demonstrate the sign of the Son of Man. And he says, now the time has come that we must recognize who's in our city today. The Lord Jesus himself revealing himself in human flesh. Well, the time has come that we must recognize who's in our city today. Jesus in bride form. 
Hallelujah! Glory! Now that's what the sheet music says. Brothers, play it for us in the key of F as you were doing. What a day. But I'm going to get in the wrong key. When my Jesus I shall see, I want to look upon. Can you believe all these guys was messing up like that? Really? Was it them off? Or was it me? Somebody's going to get off. But I don't want it to be me. I know saints, you hear this preacher committing adultery. You hear this preacher falling for money. You hear this preacher falling for this and that and the other. And I know, I know. I told the Lord the other day, I said, Lord, my poor little sheep. I feel so sorry for them. Most of them never come up to me and tell me, Brother Donnie, you're not next, are you? Oh. But as humans, we suspicion and we look and we worry. And Well, friends, if this message cannot produce preachers, you sheep might as well forget it. You see, one of the greatest signs to me that this message is from God is it will produce a ministry, first of all. That's what Jesus produced. Jesus didn't produce deacons first, trustees first, treasurers, musicians. Who did he call? Preachers. Out of them preachers then will begat more people. Amen. Some preachers are going to be faithful to the end. I say we might as well be us. Some sheep are going to be faithful to the end. I say it might as well be you all. Oh, glory. Amen. Well, we've certainly been blessed with Brother Matt's dad coming and being with us. Amen. God bless you, Brother Jason. So enjoyed the visit. Be sure and greet Brother Matt for us, too. <laughs> We're so glad Brother Matt's dad was able to be with us this weekend. Amen. Want to be wonderful friends? When we gather around that great kingdom of God and all of our troubles and our things of life are done. You know how it is, the bride is the best people on the face of the earth. When we get to spend together and we get all these things in our humanity that sticks one another, you know, and we get all that taken care of. And how will it be? The unsearchable riches that our brother so spoke about so beautifully. It'll take eternity for him to continue to unfold the greatness of his being. Somebody's going to be there. I think I'll go. I'm going to be there. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we've been so blessed last night and today as once again we had a personal invitation from the Master to pull our feet up under his table. We found our name, as it were, on our plate. 
we were invited to the banquet. Many times, Lord, as I've been in different parts of the world and I've had to speak marriage banquets or different types of banquets and they'll have it maybe in more of a formal type thing. They'll have your name sitting there, Brother Donnie Reagan, Sister Carol Reagan, Brother Jason, Sister Debbie. So you kind of walk around the tables and you ask and inquire, where where are we to seat? And they seat you there and you look down there and there's your name. It never happens to me, Lord, that I don't think one day we will sit at a great table hundreds of miles long. We'll reach across that table and take a hold of those veterans across the other side, battle scarred. We'll sit there and shed our last tears. For the king will come walking down through and take his garment, as it were, and wipe the tears from our eyes and say, Don't try, don't cry no more, children. It's well done. Somebody's going to fulfill that, Lord. I just believe I'm going to be one of them. I want to look over at my wife and I want to look across at my family. I want to look across at these sheep and there we'll be together for eternity. They may be sick today, discouraged, downhearted. Lord, thank you for bringing this to us today to encourage us, to help us to see. Somebody is going to fulfill this part. We can focus on all the negative if we want to and all that. We have to deal with that, we know. But yet, Lord, help us not to lose lose focus on who we are and what we're here for. I pray your blessings on us today. Not only those visible, but those invisible. May the presence of God go with us. Strengthen our brother. Thank you, Lord, for letting him come up and be with us. We so enjoyed it. Bless his church at home. Till we can all gather together, Lord, around your table that day. Keep us by your grace, Father, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. And it been good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I told him Wednesday night a good preacher was coming. So. God bless you, saints. I'm going home. Hallelujah. I'm going soon. Let's just sing it as we go. I'm going where I Brother Ron Spencer's been having some issues in his body, and uh, he's had a couple of CT scans done in the last couple of weeks. And uh, the scans have shown that he has some nodules in the top part of his left lung and the bottom part of his right lung. And he also has uh, some swelling and enlarging of the lymph glands under his, under his arm. And uh, they're going to be doing some further tests to find out what all that is. But as the saints of God, 
We know our brothers prayed for so many people, and the Lord has done so many uh, wonderful things through him. Now, he's, he's in need of our prayers today. We want to pray for him before we go, but I'd like you to also just remember him as, as you go, and others that are among us, of course, with needs. Let's just bow our heads if we could. And Heavenly Father, we want to join our hearts together for Brother Ron Spencer today, Lord. Dear Jesus, you see these needs in his body, and you already know what they are before the doctors ever even do their tests. Lord, and naturally as humans, we hear these words, and in our minds we think, oh no, not cancer, not this, not that. But yet, Lord, in reality, it wouldn't really make any difference what the doctor's report was or the diagnosis. The prophet said, even if we had cancer, and if we didn't fear it, it couldn't hurt us. So, Father, we don't know exactly what they're going to say, but we do know what your word says. And that is that we apply that word in the time of need and your present help to us. We pray for our brother today, Lord, for his family, for his church family. I'm sure they're feeling burdened and heavy at heart today, Lord, as this was shared with them last night in the service. And I pray, God, that you'd just be merciful to them and strengthen them, Lord. May we also, as we leave here today, carry them on our hearts. We pray, Father, for those that are still battling flu and viruses and so many things that are among us, Lord Jesus. Would you bring healing? Lord, we pray for Brother Darrell and Brother Danny as they're flying today. Lord, we ask that you'd watch over them. He texted me earlier and said they'd arrived in Dallas and ahead on their journey. So we pray that you'd be with them there, Lord. Bring us back again at the appointed time, Father, as we're longing for that day when we are going home. Grant it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, saints. Service Wednesday night. You're dismissed. I'm going home. I'm going soon. I'm going Oh
But now I'm gone 